that you make all things new as we step into this next year. We know it's another day just like any other, but it's also symbolic, God. I thank you that you're a God of exchange and in lives right now, in this room right now, that you are exchanging. That as we make a choice of how we want to walk into this next year, that we don't have to import stuff from last year. We don't have to carry over stuff from last year. That there's things that we're holding on to. There's things that we're carrying. There's things that we're suffering under. There's sickness that's, that's upon our bodies. There's hopelessness that's been attached to our lives or to our marriages or to our relationships. And we give those to you and say, here is the ashes, God. Here's the, <laughs> here's the worthlessness. And you take that and you exchange it because you're a God of exchange. You make all things new. And anything that you touch, you restore. Anything that you touch, you revive. And so we stand over these broken places, these weary places, these hopeless places. And we say life and truth and hope in Jesus' name. Not simple words. We're actually asking God for supernatural encounters right now where bodies are healed where cancer and diagnosis is that we don't know what to do with would be broken off of people's lives right now in Jesus' name. There would be restoration. Over, over, <laughs> come back to this, and I will always come back to this, but over marriages. Some of you in this room feel like there's a fracture or a rupture that cannot be restored. And in the natural, it's true, but what God wants to do so he wants to take that and he wants to exchange that broken place for, for renewal in Jesus' name. Yeah. And in deeper works, deeper things. Not words, but actual supernatural transactions. Making your presence manifest in this house right now, God. And in lives and hearts and minds in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Have a seat. Welcome to Living Waters. We're going to stay in that place and in that atmosphere of worship as we, as we move forward with our morning. And uh, yeah, junior hires, the junior hires here. Um, Tori is ready for you. You guys can be released and head out that way. He'll be out in the lobby for you. We're going to take offering. It's something we do for um, just a way to extend generosity to the kingdom of what God's done in, this, in our lives and, and to share that with others. So if you would join me in praying over this offering. Of course, if you're a guest with us, you are under no obligation or expectation to give. Um, but this is our family, our house, believing that when we give, that through that act of generosity that God is able to bless it and multiply it and use it for his kingdom, for, for families to be restored, for people to come to know Jesus, for the kingdom to be advanced. That's why we give, and so we're just believing for that. Um, Jesus, we thank you for everything. We stand here as an act of worship, recognizing that we have nothing. We have nothing apart from you. You are our source. You are our resource. You are everything, and so you're our provider, and in that place, we ask that this would be a, a moment of worship even as we give. We give back into your kingdom, believing that by your supernatural power that you bless it, multiply it, increase it, and use it for your purposes. That because of the generosity of this house, that people would come to know you, Jesus Christ, and their lives would be restored and set free, and that the kingdom would advance in this city, 
in this nation and around the globe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Great. All right. Um, Offerings are going to come on through as they do that. I'm going to have Janice, speaking of going around the globe, once she's done putting her money in the offering. Good job. Yeah. Not that we're watching. Um, Oh, I do have a mic. Okay, good. So Janice is, uh, she's incredible, amazing, life-changing, wonderful. Um, Let me, let me get my, let me get my notes out. She's also my mother-in-law. And so she is going on a short-term missions trip, and she's dedicated her life to missions and taking the gospel around the world, and so she takes and has been able to go on a few uh, long-term and short-term trips. And so would you share with us real briefly what you're doing? Not real briefly. Yeah, just take your time. What am I going to do about it? (laughs) Yeah, it'll be on in just a second. Where's the iPad? Does somebody have the iPad? No. Gabriel, can you stick your head out the, out the door and um, ask Frank nicely to come in and turn on our mic? Just pause. Just stall. So how are you? How, how was your New Year's Eve? Great. There he is. Hey! All right. Like off a car? Just a headlight? I got it in the parking lot. I'm ready. stand right down here and a few of you any of you just want to if you guys will stand with us one more time and extend your hands and if any of you want to can make your way forward to surround her yeah let's lay hands on her and as an extension of your life but it's also an extension of this house and and we love it when we get to send out family we've sent out so much family um 
She's not here today, but we're also sending out Dahlia, and uh, she is on her way out to another YWAM base, and she's leaving today as well. So, God, we lift her up, and, and we just pray over Janice right now. By your supernatural power and love, that she would be carried forward as a gift from these friends and from this house to love those that are outcast, to love those that are outside the lines, to those that are in need and great need, God, that they would hear your truth, that they would hear your gospel, that they would respond because of her love and because of your love flowing through her powerfully and mightily. We ask God for continued provision for resources for her, that everything that she needs as she steps out and steps forward, that everything she needs would be right there for her to do your work and to extend your kingdom powerfully in Jesus' name. We thank you for the generosity of this house, and we ask that it would be used and multiplied for people to come to know you, Jesus. And we ask that you would, you would be with her in every situation and circumstance that she finds herself in, that she knows whether it's safe, whether it's dangerous, whether it's quiet, whatever it is, that you are with her and that you're moving through her. We thank you and we love her in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So good. Also, Jesse's home. We sent him out a couple weeks ago. Come on. You guys got to uh, grab some time with him and just hear testimony of what God's doing and done in his family and through his life. And, and uh, 30 years of family brokenness restored. So good. This is nice. No, it's all right. It's good. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm moving stuff around. Um, so it's New Year's Day, and uh, I thought it would be kind of a low-key day, quiet day, and uh, so I would use this as an opportunity to bring out my whiteboard. Uh, it just makes me happy. If I could, if I could, we're still working on figuring out a way to, uh, to put a sweet whiteboard that lays right up on top of here and just rolls out, folds down, locks in. I can go to town. Uh, we'll see how that works. Can I move this without, where's Josh? Can I move this without breaking anything important? He's gone. He went to donuts. Okay. Uh, oh, that one? Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Okay. Before I start my teaching, I want this to be an activation this morning. I want this to be a chance for, for us to interact. As I said, it's probably a, a little bit of a low-key morning, and, and I thought it would be a great chance for us to, to allow Holy Spirit to, to minister to us and to interact a little bit more maybe than we, than we usually do. The one thing I don't want church to become is this download of, always a download of information. I want us to have a place to, to respond and to interact with what God's doing, and um, and that means creating some sacred spaces sometimes within the service where you guys can, can, uh, can hear from him instead of listening to me babble on about, babble on about whatever it might be. Uh, uh, I'm so biblical that I even say biblical places accidentally. Um, so, so holy. If you guys can't see this, it's okay because it's light and I can walk around. I can do the thing where I'll be able to show you what it says. Um, yay! All right, good. If I, ever get, if I ever get to the point of, of writing on it, we'll see. I might get fired up and just start talking and talking and then run out of time and never use it, but at least it's there. Um, okay, I need to tell you guys about a couple things that are coming up in 2017. I was commissioned by the team to make sure that I communicate this really, really 
well. So one of the things that we've noticed at Living Waters is that Tuesday nights have become a night where we are gathering for a lot of different things. We did Sons and Brothers, we're doing Whole Hearts, we're doing other stuff, and it's always on Tuesday nights. And that, for whatever reason, has become a night that's set aside pretty well within our culture and within the pace of life here at Living Waters. And so we wanted to, as I was looking into 2017, I wanted to add more places where we could teach and be activated and encounter the Holy Spirit and and to be taught the Word. And uh, so I came to the team with an idea about adding some more some more sessions in during the week. And uh, so out of that, we came up with what we are calling Living Waters University. No, if you attend, you do not get a diploma. We don't get to walk and have the whole tassel thing or anything like that. But the idea being is that these are class times that might be similar in some ways to what our Anthem, our Supernatural Training Center Anthem is doing all the time during the weeks. It might be some times when those classes are shrunken down into a little bit more of an encapsulated time and feel. And those are gonna be, we're gonna run five and six week classes on Tuesday nights at 6.30. Sometimes it'll be for um, certain age groups. Sometimes it'll be for men. Sometimes it'll be for women. Sometimes it'll be for couples. And when it is for couples or families, we'll probably figure out a way to provide childcare. But the vision for it is that even if, um, like if Kate and I wanted to come to classes, that she would be able to come to Whole Hearts and I could hang out with the kids for a few Tuesday nights and then it would switch. And I want to go to Sons and Brothers. And so in that way, we have a Tuesday night that's set aside within our family, but we're also not trying to have to find childcare and do all kinds of things like that. And so wanted to begin to tell you about this. You're going to get a bunch more information about Living Waters University and who the Dean of Students is. And uh, um, we'll have fun. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's something that you, that you guys will enjoy, and you don't have to go f- to all the classes. You don't have to be, I registered at the beginning, and I went to all of them. It's simply a pick and choose on a Tuesday night. There might be a class or something that comes up that, you, that really appeals to you, and you want to be a part of it. And so the first class that we have coming up starts on January 10th at 6.30, and um, it's Supernatural Lifestyle. And uh, it's basically Supernatural Lifestyle 101. For five weeks, we're going to meet in here on a Tuesday night or meet somewhere here uh, at Living Waters on a Tuesday night at 6.30. And we're going to take a little bit of the time to just teach and go through the Word and talk about what it looks like to live a supernatural lifestyle. And then we're going to practice and activate and, and, and share what that looks like for our, for our day-to-day life so that we don't make living a supernatural lifestyle into something that we do on Sundays, but we make it normal. We want to say naturally supernatural. And... Uh, that's what we want is just to be people who are walking about and going about our daily life and believing that we can prophesy over people, that we can pray for the sick, that we can get a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom for somebody, that we're able to, to give away um, a downloads of, of wisdom for people and those sorts of things, that we would be activated and taught in that um, during these five weeks starting on January 10th, Tuesday night at 6.30, Living Waters University. Uh, a little bit humorous in the name, but it'll be a ton of fun. And then I think... Don't quote me on this, but I believe the next, the next session that we have, we'll have a, a couple weeks off in between, and then I think we have a whole hearts that's coming up on the next, the next session. So we'll get you a bunch more of that information, but because that one starts not this coming Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, I wanted to make sure you had that in your information for this coming year. Um, what else was I supposed to tell you guys about? Something important. Oh, doing the... Teaching on the 1st of January is always fun because you've you got all these things for the year that you want to talk about and launch into. and do. This. But, um, so I'll uh, try not to take all this time. Um, small groups in a box. We are going to be launching what is called small groups in a box. A lot of you, as you are coming to Living Waters, getting to know Living Waters, some of you have been here a long time, 
And, uh, and over the years, we've done different things where we try to do a small group ministry and you try to build a big thing and it wears everybody out and you got to have this many leaders and you got to have hosts and you got to and just everybody's tired. Like we all want community, but I don't want small groups. I've done it before. It's miserable. Um, not all, not, it's not all miserable. Small groups are amazing and we, we do love them, and, but I love them when they're coming out of the life of people and not being forced by, a, by an agenda or by a program from a church. I want it to be something that comes out of our, our everyday desire to actually be people who are living in community with one another and going deeper into our relationship with, uh, with families, with friends, and into our relationship with Jesus. I want it to be something that comes out of that. And so what we were talking about is how do we do that without creating a big program? What can we do? And so my idea was to write a, um, uh, just to put together a box that would help you start a small group. Eh? It's about empowering people to do the things that they want to do. We want small groups, and when a lot of people say, we want small groups, they're saying to me, Ryan, we want you to design and create small group, a small group ministry, but you know what they're really saying is there's a longing in my heart to connect with people, and so we want to be able to say, great, what is your heart to connect and, and, and so we'll have these three types of groups, and one will be an affinity group, one will be an outreach group, and one will simply be a life group. The affinity groups are for those of, pe- those of us who have hobbies or things that we enjoy to do that we would love to gather people around and have community based around that. Hiking, for instance, would be a great one. I love to hike. I want to create an affinity group, and I want there to be some information that's shared about it so the people in this community can know that, that I'm going to go hiking. That group might meet once or twice a year. No big deal. Outreach groups. I want to go down, and I want to, I want to evangelize in the city, and I want to walk through the city and I want to pray for people and you want to create a community a group around that where where your community and your relationships are being built by serving others and by evangelizing okay great here's a box that will equip you to do everything that you need to get a uh, an outreach group started and to follow up and to share it and to get people to come and be involved in it I want I want a life group I want a group where we get together and we worship together and we pray together and we and we share meals together and we have fun together and we build lives together um, great here's a here's a box that will help you do that and 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 so I know it sounds a little bit like I'm passing it off, like we don't want to help you. But in that, in that, honestly, in the vision of that, we've created uh, just a whole support system where if you go, hey, I want to lead, I want to be a part of leading uh, an outreach group, that you're not going to go, well, you got the box, go do it. You're on your own. It's actually a, co- it's a commitment to say as we, as we partner with you, we're giving you tools, but we also want to support you and walk it out with you. Um, it's just simply not going to be something that we have to continue to build and maintain when it is you are all so equipped and able to be able to do any of this. You want community, build community. Let us help you with it. Let us give you the tools to be able to do it. And I want to be that kind of church that really equips people to do the things that they're called to do, to do the things that they're passionate about doing. I have people who come to me sometimes and go, you know, hey, we're here, pastor. We want to, we want to, we want to serve the vision of the church. What's the vision of the church? And, And I go, you know what the vision of the church is, is that you would be fully alive. That's it. That's our, that's our vision. This is not a church where we say, you need to get in line with, with Ryan and Kate's vision so that you can serve the vision. The vision is to serve your vision. The vision is to say, what is it that God's put in your heart to do? What do you look like fully alive? And so that's what we want to commit ourselves to, is to continue to be giving back to you and empowering you and equipping you. The vision of this church is for you to do the things that God's asked you to do and to be able to be supported and equipped and empowered to do that. And we get to walk through the process with you of of if there's stuff that needs to happen or to grow healthy or to grow strong or to get training. We want to give you those things. But at the end of the day, our question is, what do you look like fully alive? What do you look like fully alive and uh, I don't want this to be a place where you come to serve the vision of living waters but living waters serves the vision that God's put 
in your heart. And um, so that's what we're passionate about. We want that full life that you've, that Jesus has given us the ability in Christ to live life and to live life to the fullest, to be fully alive, John 10, 10. And so our commitment as we walk into 2017 is just to keep coming back to that place to say, what can we do to serve you? What can we do to love you? What can we do to make your marriage come alive? What can we do to say, what does fully alive look like in your finances? What does fully alive look like in your, in your workplace? What does fully alive look like in ministering in your gifts and the anointing that God's put on your life? What is fully alive look like for you? What does John 10, 10 look like for you? And of course, as we walk into a new year, we are stirring up new New hope, I didn't mean to do that. Um, Star Wars is on my brain. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't want us to be a, a church that just acts hopeful. I want us to really understand that we have Jesus, and as Jesus is our anchor, that we are anchoring our hope in him, and we're not working up an emotion to be hope-filled people, fully alive people, that we're moving forward knowing it's because of Jesus. And the only way that we can do that is to realize that we have him. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, that it is his truth, it is his way, it is his life that would give us hope and would set us forward in the path that we're supposed to walk as individuals and as leaders and as families and as couples into 2017. And the, and the great news is, is that we're promised the Holy Spirit who's going to lead us into all truth. And so when we anchor our life in the truth of who Jesus Christ is, that anchor is a place where we get to build a life that is fully alive, filled with joy, filled with hope, filled with love, filled with supernatural, filled with the ability. Just That's just the overflow of a lifestyle that says the Holy Spirit is leading me into all truth. Jesus is the truth, and I'm anchoring my life in that. I don't have to muster up some kind of emotional response to it. It's just the simplicity of who we are, because we see when we do that, we see things unlike the world sees things. You guys have heard it. You have seen it. There is a lot of people who have cursed the heck out of 2016. Just constantly, constantly. This is terrible. This is the worst. This is the thing. Just cursing, cursing, cursing out of your mouth. It's cursing all the time. And, and, and we are not people who, who live that way. Why? Because we see things from a completely different reality. And I love the story. You guys know the story, Elisha in 2 Kings. If you remember this story, it, it, I'm going to paraphrase it in the interest of time, but he walks out and, and his servant is out there early in the morning, remember, and he, he goes, there's an army surrounding the city. We're all doomed, cursing. We're all doomed. It's all worthless. It's hopeless. Oh, no. And Elisha prays and says, God, would you, just, would you open his eyes? Basically, would you open his eyes to see a different reality? Isn't that what I think that we all need? We're looking at 2016, we're looking at 2017, we're going, oh, all hope is lost, this is a mess, that's a mess, blah, blah, blah. Beside the point that the reality doesn't back any of those statements up. But uh, also, just that we wouldn't be people who are agreeing with curses and with hopelessness that are wanting to be spoken over our lives or over our city, over our nation, that we would actually see differently, that we would have a heart to say, God, let me see. And when the servant's eyes were opened, the, the, it, was, it was true that there was an army, but the truth was is that God's army was present. And so behind him, he said, I see the, the whole army behind them. This is the reality of it. Are, are we going to be people, and, and, and I'll repeat this and repeat this and repeat this until I'm old and I'm up here and I can barely get up on the stage because of this six-inch step. I will repeat this. <laughs> are we going to be people who live by what's true, or are we going to be people who live by the truth? It may be true that there was an army surrounding the city, but when his eyes were opened to a different reality, the truth was, was that God was on hand and that victory was imminent. 
It may be true that you are struggling. It may be true that your finances are, 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 are this or your marriage is this or that your relationships are this or that you don't know what you're supposed to do next or where you're going. That may all be true. And you can make a choice to begin to live out of that and say, this is my true. But I want to ask us, always ask us, are we willing to have such a relationship with God where our eyes are so deeply on Him and Christ is, Christ's love is able to find such a home in our heart that when we open our eyes, while those things remain true, I don't have a job. Yes, that's true. But what is the truth? I can't tell you what the truth is. I can't. But I know that if you'll fix your eyes on Him, and you will spend time, instead of worrying about that thing, you'll spend time focusing and fixing your eyes and your heart on him, asking him to download that supernatural transaction like Elisha's servant was able to experience, where when you open your eyes again and you're looking at the exact same relationship, you're looking at the exact same financial spreadsheet, you're looking at the exact same thing, that as you open your eyes and you see, you now see that God is present in it and that his truth will prevail, that he is a good father. And that he has good things for us. And even in these hard things, while we wish that he would wave a wand and deliver us directly from him, that he's going to walk through it with us, he may deliver us from it, he may deliver us through it. But either way, the fact that he is with us and he is bringing us to places where we have deeper intimacy with him, deeper revelation of him, and miracles breaking forth in our life. Because we are walking with truth. What's true of your life right now? What is God's truth for that area? If you start living out of just what's true, you're going to live defeated, and you're going to be one of those people that's constantly speaking doubt and hopelessness and curses ah, over yourself, over your life, over your kids, over your families, over your marriage. We don't want that. God, give us a revelation of your truth so that that's what we speak from, that's what we live from, and until it becomes a manifest reality, we know that it is a reality in our hearts and it is a, it is a reality in our prayer life, and we want that victory in those times so that we can walk forward with it. Not sure why we have a whiteboard. Okay. Um, <laughs> so back to what I was saying. Where Elisha's servant, where other people see enemies, where other people see enemies, we see that God is at work, where he is winning hearts, he is turning people, he is turning situations, and that's the kind of faith that I want us to have, that we have that eye that knows and sees what God is doing and that you and I can live within that greater reality. We have to live within it. We can't just hope for it. We gotta enter into it today and, and let it become our reality. Um, so because of that, we can begin to step out and risk. We can begin to step out in faith because we've had our eyes open to what God's truth is. And even though it hasn't started to break out right here, right now, I have seen it. I have opened my eyes and I'm aware of it. So now I have a choice, risk is to step out into that which is not yet, even though God has shown it to me and he's shown me my heart, his heart in it, I will grab onto that and I will walk into the places where it hasn't yet manifest, believing that God wants to use you and me to, to advance and to manifest his kingdom all around us and to manifest his reality and his love and his breakthrough in our families and go, well, it's, it's hopeless. No, it's hopeless if we don't have an eye on what Jesus is accomplishing in that place. And once we have that, then we need to carry that truth into those places, into that barren place. And we need to say, okay, God, then let's give me some seeds so that I can plant. 
And let me take care of those seeds so that I can see life break forth because you're the source and you've shown me what this barren field is gonna look like. And so I'm gonna begin to live as if that is my reality. It's not name it, claim it. It is simply getting intimacy with God, getting a hold of his heart for a situation, a relationship, a family, a son, a daughter, whatever it is, and beginning to live, risking faith, where you start to step out into that and, and watch what God wants to do and manifest around you. Colossians 3 says this, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. That's where the truth is. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is, he is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. The reason that he didn't take us away as soon as we got saved. Yes, Jesus, I believe in you. I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me whole. Set me free. Now, boom, I'm in heaven. How cool would that be, though, right? I mean, <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not how it worked. And what, do we, what can we infer from that reality is that God is still at work accomplishing things through us and that we still have a task to do in partnership with his kingdom. Otherwise, he would have yanked us out of here. He has left us here filled with him to do his work, that we would fill the earth with his glory, that that, that would be his ho- our hope would be in Jesus Christ and that we would carry that hope everywhere that we go. That's why he didn't take us away. Ephesians 2 says it better than that. Um, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You have an anointing on your life. You have an assignment on your life. You are called, but you are also equipped to do the things that God has prepared in advance for you to do, for us to do. Yes, corporately. Yes, this letter is speaking to a church, but how can we do the things that God's called us to do as a corporate community and a body unless individually we're surrendered to the same reality, saying, God, I'm here, I'm equipped, I'm called, I am I'm anointed because you have said I have things for you to do and I've prepared them in advance for you. We're saved through faith, we're created new in Christ, and our response is to do the things that God has asked us and prepared us in advance to do, not to prove our faith. Thank God we're not here to prove ourselves to anybody, but to release our faith. We should be releasing and it should be having a supernatural impact everywhere that we go, every day. Your office place, your life, your relationships, your marriage, your friendships, they should not be the same today that they were yesterday or a week ago or a week ago or a week ago. Why? Because everywhere that you go, you are called, anointed, equipped, not to earn or prove your faith, but to release it. That's what Jesus is doing in us, and it's such an honor and a joy to get to be a part of it, especially as we step into a new year. We have a, a blank slate, if you will, even though Jesus does that for us every second. But... Um, so he has worked in you so that he can be revealed through you powerfully to the world around you. That's what I want us to look at is that sphere of influence that he's placed you in. What does it mean to change the world? Not every single one of us is going to quote unquote change the entire world. Actually, very few of us are going to quote unquote change the entire world. But if my sphere of influence is, influence is changed by God and by God's life and Jesus Christ alive in me, I have as such, change the world. And it's the same for you. What does your sphere of influence look like and how are you manifesting the reality of Jesus and his kingdom in your life and around your life? 
to be able to walk out knowing that greater reality of having my eyes open that God is present. Even though it's true that this, 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 and this, the truth is this, this, and this. And that as I risk faith, I'm going to step out, making that my reality, and step out into something. And I'm going to begin to do things that God has prepared in advance for me to do, and that I would be fearless in doing that thing. What is the dream that's in your heart? What is the idea that's in your heart? What is the hope that's in your heart this morning, right now? What is it? What is it that God is asking us to do to step out into, to awaken that place, to say, okay, wait, I can dream, I can hope, I can do the things that God's asked me to do. So if you guys have a piece of paper, I want you to get it out, I want you to turn it sideways. If you don't have a piece of paper, I have brought so many pieces of paper. (laughs) So many. So um, you can use a journal or you can just, can you pass those out around this section for me? Yes, do it, do it, do it. Everybody get it? Yeah, come on. Anybody want to pass these out? You're paperless. I know. (laughs) Save the trees. Normally, normally we are too. So hopefully I gave you, are those, oh no. Are they all hard or some of them soft papers? I hoped that I grabbed cardstock, but maybe I didn't. So if, if, if he has set us aside, and he has empowered us, and he has given us things to do, here's what I want us, <clears throat> here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your piece of paper. Who needs pens? Sorry. I have so many pens. <laughs> Woo! All right. You want to run around and hand out some pens for me? On the left-hand side, so because we see from a greater reality, because we know that Jesus has set us aside for good works, I believe that that gives us permission to dream and to do things for God. So what I want to do is is just activate that in us this morning by a little exercise that we do in one of the classes that we get to teach, and and this is the you know, the surface of one of the classes we get to teach. There's a, there's a deeper dive on each of these, but, but for the sake of today and the first day of 2017, um, I thought it would be fun to do this as an exercise. An exercise. So here's what I want you to do. Take a couple minutes um, in the privacy of your own seat and, uh, <laughs> and, and write out some dreams and desires that you have and that you feel like and believe that God has put on your heart. And if you could, since you are in the privacy of your own chair, um, if you could be so bold as to dig a little deeper to some of the things that you know that are deep inside of you but you don't really talk about very often, that you disqualify yourself from, 
that you're uncertain about how it would even happen. Like it's easy to write things on here that I can accomplish. <laughs> this is why Christianity just becomes so stagnant and boring is that we pick things to do that we can accomplish in our own strength, forgetting that we have a supernatural God who wants to actually do things that are far beyond what we can ask or imagine. So when we're dreaming up things that we should do for God, shouldn't we be actually saying and declaring things that are beyond our own ability to accomplish them and muster them up. It doesn't have to be. Some of them are because God's empowered you and equipped you and, he, and he's given you the ability to do these things. But Some of this has to be the, the deeper stuff too. doesn't. You can keep you can keep writing. Don't stop on my account. I'll just blabber on uh, right over the top of you. So keep writing if you need to. If God's given you stuff, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you release dreams and desires in this room. That even stuff that's been buried for life and forgotten or put aside, that it would be awakened right now. 2017 would be a year of light coming onto places in our lives that we have put aside, that we have dismissed that we have forgotten that you would bring those out of those places of storage in us that you would reject and rebuke the disqualifications of the labels that we've put on those boxes and that you would show us how it's time to open those and that we would know which ones to leave on the shelf and which one to pull down right now and that we would trust you we would trust you and we would be bold believing that you have assigned us these things And if you're like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. I have no idea. Um, I don't even know if, if, I don't even know God. I haven't accepted Jesus as my Savior. I haven't begun a relationship with him. Awesome. I would just put right over here, get to know Jesus. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be yours. Go on a journey that starts with Jesus. I want to know you and I want to follow you. That's it. And begin to put yourself around people that, are, that know Jesus and are following Jesus too. Um, okay, so... You may be thinking many things. This is where this class gets longer when we take this because there's a lot of things that I have to talk about that I have to go right over the top of. But you might be thinking like, how do I know if it's God or if it's me? Listen, okay, here's your really quick test. If it's for good and for his kingdom, let's just assume as a default that it's God, okay? And go do it. Number two, how do I know if it's God's will? Okay, you have an overdeveloped sense of God's sovereignty. I'm sorry. Let's, we know, oh my gosh, what did you just say? God, listen, God is sovereign, okay? I would say to you, God's sovereignty is infinite. Everyone can agree. Yes, it is infinite. God's sovereignty, is it eternal? I don't know. Why? 
Why do we know? Because to have, to be sovereign over, there has to be a created thing to be sovereign over. And sometimes we make God's sovereignty as it's a foundational reality of who God is. The foundational reality of who God is is that God is love. And while his sovereignty is infinite, just as God is infinite, before he was sovereign over creation, he was love. And he loves you, and he loves you as his kids, and he's saying to you, go and do the things I've equipped you to do. But God, you're sovereign, and I want to know your will before I step over this curb into the thing that I am not sure if you're asking me to do. God, I want to know your will. I want to know your will. And sometimes, because we have this overdeveloped sense of pleasing God's sovereign side, we make an excuse of not moving because we don't have exact coordinates of how to step forward. Anybody? So when Paul was traveling around the world, spreading the gospel and planting churches, they're like, where should we go next? I don't know. Let's go down into Asia. Okay, let's go down there. Let's go over into Turkey. Yeah, let's go into Turkey. Why? Because we believe God has commissioned us to spread the gospel and to spread hope. And he's told us to pray for the sick and he's told us to cast out demons. He's told us to baptize people. So let's just go do those types of things. And then one night they had a dream and the, and, and the Holy Spirit said to him, don't go that way. Go this way and so they woke up in the morning and they went a different way here's the thing it's a lot easier to to steer a moving car than a parked car and sometimes when we get so worried about his pleasing God what we're actually saying is I believe in a God who's disappointed in me and is going to be frustrated if I don't get it exactly right so let's deal with that lie before we worry about what you're going to do be free of that and then go and do the things that he's put on your heart to do. Scripture says that he's going to give you the desires of your heart. Pursue him. Seek him first. Make him your everything. Ah, and trust the things that develop in your heart as you do that. And believe that he's a good father. And don't sit at a green light with your foot on the brake. I just don't know if I should pull out or not. I don't know if it's pulled out. The light's green. Jesus is a green light. The Holy Spirit coming and filling us is a green light. And if every once in a while he needs to throw up a stop sign for you and I, which he does, because I get excited and I start running around and I run into a wall. Whoa, what is that? (laughs) Every once in a while he might have to meet us like he met with Paul and just say, you know, son, daughter, I want you to go. I want you to go this way. I love what you're doing. But he can can steer us as we're moving forward into his kingdom. And uh, I think a quick test is saying, am I doing this for my glory for, to get attention for me or am I doing it for his glory and to get attention to him? And, and, and that's the simplest test. And if you can say that's for him and for his glory, then go do it. Go do it. Anyway, just a side note. It's, not, it's fun, fun to teach, talk about it. Okay. Um, did I mess with anybody too much? You can talk to me afterwards. If, if the, yeah, I know. I know you talk to me afterwards if it's, if it's the Lord's will. Um <coughs> Oh, man. All right. So fear is the next thing that I want us to to put here is this. Um, In your second column, as you wrote these things down, what are the excuses and the feelings and the, whoa, it's 12.02. Okay, what are the things that that are coming up as you're writing these things down? Okay, so this is what we're looking for next. 
I want you to be honest with yourself. But Ryan, I'm, a, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And when we have more time within this class, one of the fun things to do is to talk with people about these fears. They all have an entry point into our life. And what we need to do is, while we are simultaneously moving forward into the things that God's asking us to do, we need to recognize the fears, and we need to invite the Holy Spirit to begin to show us what is the doorway, what is the access point for these fears and for these lies that are speaking over me. Fears and lies are those voices that say, I want to do this in my marriage. I want to change this. I want to go after this. I want to do... And the, 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 the narrative, the narration that goes on in our head to say, you don't have enough this. You are too much this or too much that. That's the fear. That's the lie that begins to confront the things that God wants us to do. Those good works that he's prepared in Christ Jesus ahead of time for us to be able to do. And so what we want to do is we want to be people who, while simultaneously overcoming fear, that we don't make it all about human effort, that we're willing to go back to some of those places and close that door and, and cut off that root, and pull up that root, if you will, of fear or a lie that has come into our life. Our, our, our personality is formed by five years old, and, and sometimes we have been raised in an environment or a place or uh, maybe through teenage years, maybe through, through a marriage or whatever it is that, that we have learned, we have been taught to fear, fear disappointing, fear letting authority down, fear of being injured, fear of, of not being safe, fear of, not, uh, of safe, not being, like these are all realities, these are all fears that we have, and so we get to confront them. So how do we confront them? You guys with me so far? Doing, doing good? Okay. So we have, to, we have to overcome fear, we have to break fear out of our life. There's two types of fear. The good type of fear is, oh no, there's, uh, uh, there's a wolverine coming out of the bushes. Um, I should run away. Good fear. This is a good fear. It's a, it's a verb, if you will. It makes you move. It gets you going. It gets you away from danger. The bad kind of fear is the, is the noun where it's just emotion and emotion that settles on your life where there's no real danger, but there's enough of a perceived danger to either trigger a pattern of thinking or to make me feel right now like I have to fear disappointment, I have to fear shame, I have to fear not measuring up. And so what we want to do is we want to recognize that it's good to have the kind of fear in our life that says get, away, get out of this situation, it's dangerous, but not the type of fear that wants to settle in our minds and go with us everywhere that we go. It's good if my daughter coughs in the middle of the night, she's newborn or 14 months old, it's good that I would go check on her because I want to make sure that she's well. It's not good if I stand over her night after night after night because I'm afraid that something might happen to her. Somewhere I've traded reality for a lie that I have to be present and watch over her to make sure that she's safe and that begins to rule my life. And that might be an exaggeration, but you know what? I really don't think it is. And while we may not be hovering physically over something, I believe that emotionally there are things in our life that many of us, because of fear, we are hovering over them. And we can't let go of them. We can't move away from them. We can't move on from them because they have begun to pull us into so much bondage that we're afraid, again, to let go and to move forward. And so that's why when we say, God, you have dreams and desires for me, 
also as quickly as we can list dreams and desires, that narration that's in our head says, nope, you can't do it because of this. You can't do it because of this. You can't do it because they're like an accountant. Let me tell you all the reasons why you can't do the things that God has called you to do. I have a 75-page notebook here that I want to tell you, and that's what happens in us when we do this. So what do we do? What do we do spiritually? Spiritually, I believe that we repent and recognize that fear is not helping us live a healthy life. This is not a guest that you want to invite into your life. No, but I've kept you safe all these years. No, no, you haven't. Safe. Safe in the kingdom should be a four-letter word. It is a four-letter word. Oh, sorry. It should be something where we go, we are not called to be safe, but fear's whole desire is that we are safe. And the problem is, is that the definition of safety is insulating your heart, tempering your dreams, breaking off vision of what God has for you. That's safe? Yeah. When we let fear rule the day, those are the choices that we will make. We won't risk, we won't step out in faith because we're letting. Fear needs to be repented of. This is not something that is helping me. This is not something that is comforting me. This is not something that's making me better or helping me live a better life. We repent, God, of fear. And then we forgive people who have imported fear into our life. Whole nother lesson, whole nother time. But there are people who have lived their life a certain way, have manipulated you or spoken to you or treated you or done things to you or whatever it might be that have actually imported a lifestyle of fear into your life. And to be free to re repentance and saying, Jesus, I give you this, but also to forgive people who have taught me to fear, to fear disappointing my father, to fear not having my act together, to fear not getting first place, to fear not having finances, not going to college, whatever it is, those things are important in our life. We forgive people. Doesn't mean that we, anyway, we forgive people. And then we replace it with God's truth. What I said earlier, intimacy with God, getting into his word, saying, God, I, for, I confess this, I forgive people, and I want you to replace my fear with your truth. And the other thing that we do then, the final thing that we do is simply this, with the last one minute that we have, is that, as I was saying earlier, we don't wait for, for a changed emotion to move forward. We have to make a choice to simply do something. Do something based on God's truth rather than the narrative of fear that wants to determine and dictate your life. Go, God, what is true? And I want to take that step right now, and I want to walk that out. So what if all of these, cross them off with me, what if all of these were not realities in God's kingdom? What would be your first step for each one of these? Baby steps to the elevator. Anyone? What about Bob? Yeah. So if I have something big, I want to start an outreach ministry to people in homeless shelter. The enemy says you can't because you have a past. You can't because you're not educated enough. You can't because you don't have this. You don't have this. Those are all lies. What's the first step? If none of these were true, what's the first step that you need to take tomorrow to make this a reality? Got to do it. Got to take a step. Okay, let's just say prayer across the board. What is the actual physical thing that you need to do? 
Take one step. Got to move. We have to move and move forward as if this is what God wants us to do. This is not our reality. God's heart is our reality. And if we spend too much time in here, what we'll do is we'll spend an entire Christian life wishing and hoping. We are called to do something. A dream without a plan is a wish, right? If we are going to have goals, we need to be willing to articulate them. The first thing that I would tell you to do, if I could say, what's one thing that I want you to do? I want you to go find somebody, and I want you to tell them each one of these. You speak it into existence. Why? Because I'm name it and claim it? Absolutely not. I'm not name it claim it. But I believe in a God who works through what we speak, and I believe that when we speak something out, that we are now accountable to walk into it, as is the person who is with us to help us walk into it. So one of the first things 2017, if you want to be a person who's doing the good things that Jesus has set aside for you to do and walking in the promises that he has for you, the first thing I would have you do is risk greatly to tell people the dreams and the passions and the ideas that God has put on your heart. That's number one. The second thing I would do is that I would write down one step for each one of these that would be a practical step that I would need to take to make it happen. And I would commit to yourself and to the person that you're sharing with that you're going to take that step. But this dream, Ryan, this dream costs a, it would take $2 million. Fine. If I gave you $2 million today, would you be ready to activate it? No. There'd be all these other steps I need to take. Do those but God's got to show up for this to happen. Absolutely. If God showed up right now, would you be ready? No, there's all these other things I got to do. Start doing those. Do the things that God's called you to do. Live from his truth and walk in it. The way that we overcome fear is not waiting till fear attacks us. It's deciding right now. When fear is not attacking you, how are you going to respond when fear hits you? So many people go, Ryan, and I'm done. You guys are great. So many people go, Ryan, how do I overcome temptation? Because what they're doing is they're waiting for temptation to hit their life, and then they're trying to decide what to do. This, how is the enemy going to attack you? What kind of traps is he going to lay for you? How are you going to respond when he springs them? If you'll decide that now when you're not in a place of temptation, you're going to have victory over that. How are you going to respond when fear says you can't do any of these things? Decide right now. Make a choice. And then live as if fear is not your determining reality. Choose it now, and then when it hits you, you've already decided what your, what your response is going to be. That's how we overcome fear. That's how we overcome temptation. All right. You guys are great. So that's a workshop for you. Yay, I took all of the extra time. Yeah, okay. I love you guys. Happy New Year. Do the things that God's calling you to do. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. There's a reason why the Bible has hundreds of times where it says be strong and courageous and do not fear. That's what we're to walk in. So have an amazing 2017. Come back and see me at least one more time during this year. It'll be great. I won't talk quite so long.